All right, a very, very busy oh, weekend it has been so far. And, uh, you know, the weekend never ends up until we get to Monday. That's why I say so far, because only from half past seven does the weekend come to an end. Also, from an international perspective, we saw in the UK uh, the big, much anticipated game between Manchester City as well as uh, Liverpool. And no other than uh, Peter Drury was uh, the commentator on that match. Always enjoy uh, listening to him while watching a great game. Uh, always a great combination. Peter Drury, good evening. Welcome to MSW. Well, good evening to you. How is everybody there? Oh, we are excited. We've come off a derby weekend, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates. Remember last time we spoke, I said I need to invite you to one of those. We've had two back-to-back on two consecutive weekends. Wow, good games. Oh, brilliant. I, I thought that, you know, before there was a tendency, Peter, for uh, both of these uh, teams to play very cautious type of football, playing not to lose, therefore making it a bit of a, a drab affair uh, where it became like a, they called it a, 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 a Dalby as, as opposed to a Derby, so yes. very dull. Uh, but I'm telling you, the past two weekends have produced goals, have produced drama. We don't have VAR here, uh, but there have been moments that probably would have called for VAR sightings. But uh, nonetheless, I think the fans, two sold-out stadia, one in Durban, one in Johannesburg, uh, at the Soccer City F&B Stadium, and uh, there was no shortage of drama, believe you me. And that is why you know, I'm insisting that, that you should come and call the next game, Peter. I'd love to. I, I, I love to hear that sort of stuff because I'm sure you're the same. I know that people could, could, could find me culpable of this. You get caught up in your own bubble of sports, yeah. you know, and we watch the Premier League week after week as if it was the only thing in the world. And I, I, I love to be reminded that it's a long, long way from being the only thing in the world. And uh, it's, it's great that you had sold out stadia for two uh, massive games in your league. I, I, I love to hear about the health of sport everywhere. And by the way, this is the first time I've spoken to you since you won the rugby. And congratulations. There was a, even as an Englishman, there was a, a great lump in my throat because, as you know, I've visited your country a few times. And yeah. uh, I, I know uh, the depth of feeling for sport in your country and what it can do for you as a nation. And uh, I think if you look down at our planet from another planet, you couldn't help but feel real joy for South Africa that day. It was, it was uh, terrific. So good on you. Well done. Thank you so much, Peter. I mean, as, as you speak to us, uh, you know, they've had a ticker tape parade uh, that knows no bounds. I know that in the, in the UK that organized, obviously, like they do worldwide, just one massive uh, ticker tape parade that ends off maybe Trafalgar Square, depending where you are in the world. Uh, but here in South Africa, they've traveled over, what, five different cities. Um, they still haven't gone home since the time they landed back from the World Cup. <laughs> Our captain, Sia Kulis, is still hoisting that trophy aloft. Uh, they what a in... guy he is. Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. What did yeah. you make of that Brilliant. World Cup, though? I mean, I know we normally talk football, but now that we're just quickly touching on the rugby, what did you make of the tournament as a whole and maybe England Listen, getting as far as the, the final? Well, I, it's dangerous for me to talk about this only because I, I, you know, what the people say, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And, and the truth is that I'm not really a rugby person. So to get into any sort of rugby technicality would be, would be silly of me. But my perception from an English point of view is that uh, our English team met expectation. And, of course, in the semi-final, exceeded expectation by, by playing so very well against the All Blacks. Um, but, uh, and again, I'm only really repeating what other people who know a lot more about it than me have said to me. Sure. Um, it felt as though... Uh, our final was the semi-final. 
Uh, and uh, like I'm sure a lot of people in your country, um, on the day of the final, I met up with friends and neighbours and we had breakfast together around the television uh, before I disappeared off to watch a football match. Um, and um, there was a great sense of anticlimax because almost from the first whistle, it was evident that um, South Africa mentally, physically, emotionally appeared better equipped for the big day than England did. Um, so whereas you guys were popping corks, you know, we were quietly finishing off a little croissant and disappearing into the rainy streets. So, <laughs> <laughs> big, <laughs> big contrast of emotion, I'm sure. No, without a doubt. Uh, I, I, I just yeah. believe, though, that you're absolutely right. When you played against the Old Blacks, it, was, uh, it looked like that was the final. But we, yes. maybe strategically, were okay to lose to the Old Blacks uh, because it gave us an easier passage through to the final. So maybe tactically these things do work out in the end, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I, I, I do feel, and, and again, I, I must, must underline that I mustn't in any sense give anybody the impression I'm an expert here, but because I'm, I really am not. But uh, I, I couldn't help feeling, just in a very general sense, on the day of the final, that it was meant to be. I, I think South Africa um, takes so much from it. We do, too. I'm not saying we don't. We love our sport, as you, as you well know. That's why we talk about it so yeah. much. But I think, I think what it meant to South Africa was uh, more important than what it meant to England, and uh, I, I think, it, as I said, if, if it were possible in international sport to look at things neutrally, um, it was the right outcome. I'm not sure if it's the right outcome when you look at what happened over the weekend. If we quickly switch from the oblong <laughs> ball to the round ball, Peter, <laughs> uh, because you, you've also had no shortage of drama, though. It was always bold as a, a top-ended game, all sorts of records. They remain unbeaten, Liverpool, uh, in the Premier League table. And they played against the Manchester City, who have obviously lost on two occasions before yesterday. And how would you describe post that 90 minutes of craziness? <laughs> well, it, mercifully, this was one of those big games um, which lived up to billing. You know, sometimes you get great derby matches, as you've just implied, where the expectation is for the, the greatest game or fantastic collision. Uh, and this one did. I mean, it was a really, really exciting football match, whatever your uh, perspective or your partisanship. Um, and, and that was great. Um, and, and as I always say, all you're ever looking for when you go to any sporting event is a narrative. And the narrative, for better or worse, was gripping. Uh, you know, and, and, and that begins with what was an absolutely sensationally brilliant Liverpool goal, but a goal which needs to be seen in the context of some controversy which occurred 20 seconds before it or whatever it was, when there might easily have been a penalty in the other penalty area. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the whole murky business of VAR and what VAR is supposed to see and how VAR is supposed to judge it. And, and I find that sad in a way, uh, uh, not, not because it isn't a valid way of taking the game forward and try to improve uh, the officiating of it, and, and maybe we have to go through this pain to get some gain, but because a, a genuinely great sporting moment is slightly diluted because it, forever that goal will be in brackets in people's heads or with an asterisk against it in people's heads, and, and it, it deserves better than that. But, um, you know, that, that's only one little chunk of, of what was um, an exhilarating afternoon of football, actually. But isn't that the problem, though? I mean, we've, we've just had, like I said, a derby here in South Africa, the Soweto derby, and uh, there's a lot of talk afterwards about what should have been, that it was a physical game, there was punching, there was red cards, etc. 
you know, which is fine, but I always think that there's a, a, a definite diversion from what is supposed to be spoken about the game deliberately in coaches with post-match interviews. But at the same time, what a find to have disappeared, you know, from the European game and worldwide for those that use VAR is that the discussion then becomes about a handball. How many millimeters uh, was the shoulder yes. in or out of the frame, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, that the discussion about the tactics, the analytics about the game is then lost. And we don't talk about what was an exciting game, but we talk about a system that has been put in place. Well, this, this is exactly it, and this is our dilemma. You know, um, it feels as though we can't live with it, we can't live without it, this, this, um, this search for perfection. And I, I, it's very easy to get sort of pseudo-philosophical about all of this, but, but for me, sport is not necessarily about perfection. Sport is about humanity and, uh, you know, flawed human beings and brilliant human beings and, and human beings who come to the party one day and fail the next. Uh, and it's a, it's a microcosm of life itself. And life is not perfect. Uh, and and our, I, I would argue that our sort of pursuit of perfection is proving that. Um, and I agree, um, we, you know, not at the game I was at, but at Tottenham against Sheffield United this weekend, we had a, a goal for Sheffield United ruled out by a couple of millimeters. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, based, based on something that is so far from what the offside rule was invented for in the first place. The idea of the offside rule was to effectively prevent a centre-forward from standing on the penalty spot and waiting for the ball to come to him and scoring into an empty goal. It's to prevent what we used to call in the, in the school playground goal hanging. Right. Um, you know, and, and so it's a long way from the sort of spirit of the original rule. And I would also say, I, I don't know everything about it, Robert, of course I don't, but there, there must be a margin for error. You know, the, these, these two millimeter calls are based on a line that's drawn as the ball leaves the foot of the guy who's passing it. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be a brilliant scientist to know that, 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 that a period of time elapses whilst, whilst the player's boot is going through the ball. And so is the line drawn at point A, or is it drawn at point B, which came 0.5 of a second later? Um, you know, there, there must be a margin for error. And I, I must say, as a cricket lover, um, when I see what we call umpire's call, right. where within, within a sort of six-inch range, whatever the, the breadth of a set of stumps is, um, you know, whatever the umpire said goes, and we all live with it, I think cool, that's not a bad idea. Let's have an umpire's call range of, of whatever you choose it to be, 25 centimetres, um, uh, something like that, which, which acknowledges the fact that this, this aim for absolute precision um, is just, A, unrealistic, and, and B, somehow contrary to what we understood sport to be in the first place. Um, but I, listen, I, could, I totally understand if there are people throwing things at the radio now yeah. and shouting at me and saying, come on, you know, in the end, we need to get these things precisely right. That is the counter-argument. Is that precision, though, for football, there are times when, you know, it gets to me, and I, I know I've had an argument with some of the former referees here in South Africa, because I, I've, I've verbally said this publicly, that I'm not a fan of VAR, not now, not ever. Um, 
because I also feel that that raw emotion that the then Seb Blatter, maybe not the right example to use under the circumstances, but he, he always <laughs> felt that football should just be allowed to be uh, so that we can have talking points. There can be those marginal errors or maybe handball, maybe not handball. Uh, maybe that whole law is still up in the air anyway about handball, whether with or without VAR. But he just felt that football should just be allowed to be. Now you get a, a, a guy who scores a goal and the fans' immediate reaction is what? Is to celebrate. Then they yeah. have to wait and a decision, deliberation has to be made and then they come back and they cancel that. What about that raw emotion, which is what we know football to be? That is lost now, Peter. Well, it, it is to a large extent. I, I agree. I, it, well, I don't know about lost so much as altered. Because it's very curious to be in a stadium now. You get a goal, uh, and of course, out of habit more than anything else, if the ball enters the net, the fans still go wild in the moment. But then you're right, there's this sort of sudden moment of realisation. It's the same commentating, by the way, when you think, oh, I've just shouted for a goal, but hang on, let's just check it really is a goal. And, and so there's that kind of dip. And if it does go to a VAR check, actually, the fans get a second crack at it because it comes up, yes, it really is a goal. And so they get to celebrate twice. Um, but I, I agree, it is, it is altering the emotion in the moment. There's, there, there's no escaping that. Mm. And um, it's, it's not helped either because certainly in this country, and I know they've come through similar um, issues in, in other European countries, certainly, we're still learning, and we, we aren't sure to what extent the, the video assistant referee should be intervening. And the extent to which he intervenes seems to be varying week by week. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're all slightly in the dark um, as to the one yesterday, obviously a high-profile one, mm. um, Liverpool against Manchester City, the biggest game of the season so far. It strikes Trent Alexander-Arnold's hand, um, most of us would look at that and say, although there are, there are also arguments around the, the handball law, which doesn't help, which has nothing to do with VAR, right. but a lot of people would look at that and say that's a penalty. Um, but the video assistant referee looks at that and thinks, well, it might be a penalty, but was it a clear and obvious error by the referee? Mm -hmm. And so he says, well, actually, no, it wasn't. And so then you ask the question, what is the point of having the video assistant referee if he believes that's a penalty, if he's not prepared to say to the other referee, the main referee, honestly, you should go and have a look, that's a penalty. Mm. If, if it's not being clinically correct, then the whole reason for it being there um, seems to me to be deleted. But, I, I, again, I say it's, it's very easy for us all to be um, Monday morning quarterbacks and and to, to appear to have all the answers. It, it is a complex business. And, and right at the moment, we are, in our country, very obviously having growing pains. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. I, I, I thought even the one part that nobody analyzed, maybe it's a shortage again of uh, angles or slow-mos in it. I, I thought there was actually a handball on, on, on Bernardo Silva. Uh, first, yes. before there was a handball then on the main culprit in the end. But on, on Trent Alexander, is, is, I don't know if you saw that, but you see it in the slow-mo that a ball was heading in a certain direction and would have hit yes. Bernardo's hand, which then changed its direction. 
Yeah. And then there was then that second handball that everybody talks about. But if there would have been a handball given against Liverpool, then surely you would have given it for the first handball. Yes, absolutely. I think that's fair. But, but in fairness, Robert, I think this is where we are having an argument now or a discussion, not yeah. about the video assistant referee, but about the handball law. Correct. And the extent, and, and the handball law has been made even more complicated this season because there are certain situations which apply to a defender and not an attacker, or to an attacker and not a defender. And um, it, this muddies the waters even further, which, which um, you know, just leaves us all, <laughs> even those of us who are supposed to know what we're talking about in broadcasting, looking at each other and shrugging, saying, now, should that be a penalty or shouldn't it be a penalty? But I would come back from the VAR point of view uh, to the point he, the VAR, should if he's executing the job that we understand it to be, be able to look at that in an absolutely clinical way and speak into the ear of the the main referee and say to him, I believe this, X. And he should get it right because he does have the benefit of those replays. And so, listen, maybe yesterday he said, absolutely no penalty because I saw it strike Bernardo Silva's hand and diverted it at zero notice onto the hand of Trent Alexander-Arnold. You can't possibly give a penalty for that. And if he did do that, then I agree with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, But but what I think frustrates fans is when, this time last year, if you see a penalty given or not given, um, and you get home and you watch it on the television or you watch it on your phone in the train home or whatever, and you look at it and you think, oh, the refs missed that. You know, that is, oh, what a minute. We should have had a penalty there. That would have changed the game. We've been robbed of a couple of points. And you'd have all the old-fashioned arguments that you've obviously had over your big games in the last couple of weeks. Correct. That changed the game. And, and you go home cursing the referee, and you go to the pub, and you have a beer, and you, you're furious, and you, and you feel sorry for yourself. But ultimately, once it's all calmed down, you say, well, that's human error. That is, that is the referee's mistake. He's, he is a human being. And I've always said I'm... I'm a great defender of referees because it's a hellishly difficult job um, dealing with top, top, very competitive athletes, and they are going to make errors. That's 100% sure, and I I really do think we have to be careful about um, those of us in the media slaughtering them. I mean, who wants to be the referee? But what I would say is that in this new world we're in, if if you watch your team and think they've should have had a penalty. You get on the train, you watch it on your phone, you get home, you watch it on the telly, and you see for sure that you should have had a penalty, and you know that there was a video assistant referee who saw the same replay that you've just seen, and, you, and, and nothing changed. You're thinking, well, listen, this time last year I could forgive the referee once I'd got over it mm-hmm. and say that was human error, but there really isn't excuse for human error um, when you have that check. It seems to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, business. It is. I was about to say that, yeah. you know, it will leave us talking for the entire night. I've got all of two minutes left. Um, if I had to ask you, and there was circulating, I don't know, maybe something for media people to, to, to tick whether they wanted to, to be there next season or not, and they gave you this questionnaire, Peter, and they said, are you for or against VR given the season that you've seen and observed and experienced? Where would you tick? I, I would tick. Um, I, I would tick to carry on with it. Actually, I, I don't think it's a genie we can put back in the bottle. Uh, and we just have to get better at it. 
And, and, and it is very easy for people like me to come in and talk to people like you and appear to be critical. I do appreciate it's a very, very difficult thing to get right. And we were always warned that it went not very smoothly, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. Oops, starting to lose you there, Peter. All right, all right, we'll have to end it there. Um, we'll apologize off air to Peter. Well, I was, I was really enjoying that, you know. Um, Silo Makua says, please tell Peter Drury uh, not to leave uh, Jim Beglin uh, behind when he decides to come to do the Soweto Derby. They are the greatest combination, uh, the two of them. Wandi Lamdana says, point is that it reduces the margin of error? Big question. Well, it's beyond doubt now that VAR strips the game of its natural exhilarating flow. Uh, it is imperfect and its imperfections are magnified uh, by the clumsy way that it is implemented uh, but its purpose is to reduce the number of errors well peter in action manchester city the last team to beat liverpool in the premier league 311 days ago Mane prepared to take him on angelino got in front of salah importantly here's fabinho what a in the other box and may still be subject to VAR examination but it was a fulminating flyer from Fabinho that's a cracking ball what a Super Bowl from Alexander-Arnold for Robertson shapes in towards Mo Salah Liverpool off to a flyer Mo Salah Mo Salah ran in from his wing and Liverpool have two the first quarter hour. Oh, delicious cross. Liverpool are pulling away. This may be, this may be an irreversible lead on the day and through the campaign. Marawa Sports Worldwide. Give us just impromptu. I mean, you're on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Let's get you into the mood. I mean, how would you deliver in a typical Peter Drury way, as long as you want it to be? Whatever you want to mention, Peter, the floor is yours. Okay, ducky. Well, let's give this a whirl, shall we? This is the incomparable Marawa Sports Worldwide simulcast on Metro FM and Radio 2000. Peter, I, I want you to save your voice for the weekend. <laughs> Thank Rob, you. it's really good to speak to you. I hope we do it again. To everyone who has been kind about the, um, thank you so much. Peter Drury, thank you so much. All the best. Hashtag NSW. All right, thank you so much for being a part of uh, an exhilarating Reaction Monday today. Sure, can't believe time has flown by so quickly. From the derby to international football to all the other games in the Amsterdam Premiership. Well, let's keep it going. Tomorrow is going to be uh, your reaction to what has happened on the rugby front. The latest news, the room dividers. If you are part of all these ticker tape parades, you'll give us uh, your feedback. But so many important points to touch on as well tomorrow. So don't miss that for your life. Hashtag MSW, hashtag Marawa Sports Worldwide. You've been a superstar. Ayabong Akdawa standing by Metro FM Talk. We'll see you tomorrow, Metro. 
All right, let's make way for a man who was part of no ticket tape parade. Why? Because he believes he's the trophy. Just ice.